This is The Mitch Gray Show, where we are bringing the art of humanity back to leadership. Subscribe to The Mitch Gray Show wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Mitch Gray Media, where you'll find each of our episodes and other resources that will equip, inspire, and empower you to lead well. And now, The Mitch Gray Show. What is up, brothers and sisters? Welcome to The Mitch Gray Show. Thank you again for joining us for another great interview. Have a guest on today. And uh, make sure you go subscribe to the show anywhere you listen to podcasts and make sure you invite a friend. Let's spread the word about the cool stuff that's happening on the Mitch Gray Show. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, Mitch Gray Media, and subscribe to us or follow us on social media. Most platforms, M. Gray Media, LinkedIn, just look up Mitch Gray. I am your host, Mitch Gray, author of How to Hire and Keep Great People, small business leadership consultant and inspirational speaker, obviously podcast host as well. So make sure you go follow everything we're doing. Another great guest today, we're doing a one-for-one. I actually had a listener to the show tell me just last week, Mitch, I love it when you do the one-for-ones because it helps me discover a new show And I get to hear you guys switch roles. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. So I have uh, Kyla Kofer on today. And I was on her show last, well, we did the interview last week. Have no idea what the date comparison will be by the time we both get our shows out. But uh, it'll be kind of along the same timeline. So Kyla, welcome to the Mitch Gray Show. Glad to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. I just loved talking to you for my podcast leadership school. And, um, I've just looked, I think yours episodes coming out, um, in, well, I guess I won't say, cause you you never know with podcasts when they're going to come out, but, um, yeah, no, I'm really excited about our conversation. Let's just say this in the next, um, 30 to 90 days, we'll both have our episodes out. What yes. about that? That's a good commitment we can make. <laughs> I can definitely make that commitment. Yeah, 30 to 90 days ish. And then by that time, we'll probably turn around and do it again because we had such great conversation the other day and I'm sure we will today. So leadership school. So friends, go subscribe to the podcast Leadership School. Um, I've listened to quite a few episodes. Amazing conversation. Kyla is an incredible um, hosts and your guests are unbelievable. So yeah, go subscribe to Leadership School. Do that right now. Press pause on the Mitch Gray Show. Go subscribe to Leadership School and bookmark it so you don't forget and they come back to our conversation. How about that? That'll work. Now that's not good marketing, by the way, for me, because you're never supposed to send people away from your... <laughs> But I'm okay with it. I'm okay. It's okay because I'm going to send them right back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, we'll just go the back and forth because both of us are doing such great. I mean, the topics are very similar. So, um, and and like you said, the guests and the content's amazing. So, um, yeah, thank you for the 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 plug there for leadership school. It has been a lot of fun doing that podcast. Hey, I'm going to say this out loud, and so everyone can hear it and hold us accountable to it. But because I'm thinking about it mainly. We need to do some guest swaps because my guess is you have a ton of guests that would be great on my show. I know I have a ton of guests that would be amazing and willing to come on your show. So we won't we won't organize that plot right now because the people don't want to hear the ins and outs. But we need to keep that top of mind because that would be because so much of our um, mindset and everything is so similar. So that we need to make sure and take note of that. 
Well, I think that's just a great topic anyways, is just to talk yeah. about, you know, just because I want to succeed doesn't mean I can't also help you succeed. Like there's room for everybody. And so, um, the people who come on guests usually volunteer their time. I mean, for me, they're always volunteering their time and, um, and that um, it's very generous of them. So we're all in this boat to help each other succeed. And I just want to see you grow because you're co- the stuff you talk about is so amazing and everybody needs to hear it. So I, I just, any, any effort that I can send your way, let's, let's do that. And I know that you'll do that as well. So I think that's what collaboration is about. And it's supposed to be about helping each other grow. 100%. We're all walking alongside each other and yes. So let's do that. Okay. We've put it out into the, uh, we've put it out into the universe. We've put it out into our audience. And so now we have to do it. So we'll make that happen. We'll make that happen. Very cool. Um, Kyla, before I start with uh, the big question, which is how I normally start a show, you um, you are a leadership and self-care coach. We're going to dig into that a little bit later. You host, as we've said, the Leadership School podcast that everyone has already gone and subscribed to if they did what we asked them to do two minutes ago. Um, you help leaders develop confidence and self-worth. And you've been speaking publicly and changing lives since you were 15 years old. You know, the crazy thing is when we first did our discovery call for me to be on your show, we discovered you and I have a lot of parallel paths. Mm -hmm. And another one I did not know of until now is the parallel path of I started public speaking when I was probably 12. And so we kind of have that similar early start. You know, I talked to so many you know, even well-known public speakers, and they didn't start speaking until they were maybe in college, they took a class. Mm-hmm. Many of them didn't start speaking, you know, well into their mid to late 20s, even early 30s. And I don't know about you, this is not my big question, by the way, it's an observation. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm very grateful for um, having started at such a young age, because, you know, you really, you really get to grow into yourself, and you really kind of grow up not knowing any different. And so, like, I have to say one thing that people have shared with me over the years is the idea of stage fright. And I never have, yeah, yeah, the <laughs> idea of it. For me, it's the idea. For others, it's a reality. I respect <laughs> it totally. Uh-huh. But I think a lot, you know, I started, I started uh, singing um, in, the, in the religious denomination I grew up in. We called it leading singing. So you were mm-hmm. leading the whole church. I started doing that when I was what, nine years old, 10 years old in front of like 300 people. And so I don't know how you feel, but that to me, I'm very grateful for that because yeah. Same, same. So I started taking piano lessons in second grade and we would do piano recitals and I loved it. I would, I would never get nervous before the event. I would always get nervous after I played because that's right. when the feedback can come, you know, but after that you're done, you know, I, I don't know why that always happened to me, but it did. Um, but I just loved it. And then I went on to be, yeah, I led music in my church, um, yeah. did that a lot. I did. Um, I mean, I was always doing stage events all the right. through high school. Um, and then like, I was on the leadership team with my youth group at church. So always, always doing that kind of stuff. And I never realized that that's what I was right. doing was public speaking or being on a stage. Like it just, right. it didn't click with me until really fairly recently, which is a surprise, but, um, uh, but I was doing it because it was just natural. And I, I love being on a stage. Yeah. It is yeah. so fun to me. And anytime people again, say stage fright, I'm going, what, what's there to be afraid what of? Is that? What is that? Yeah. I know. Yeah. Cause 
for me, I get to be whoever I want on stage. You know, if you're acting in a play or you're singing, or even if I'm just playing the piano and it's my responsibility, I, my senior piano recital, I forgot like two whole pages of my music piece. And I just don't even care. It, it didn't even matter to me because you're, I was just up there just doing it, you know? Yeah. 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 My saying has always been stage is my home. I mean, that's the place I, I've always felt most at home always, whether I was doing music or speaking or um, hosting, whatever it is, even doing a, you know, it's just where I feel. And when you grow up with it, it's just easy. Yeah. It's just a normal part of your life. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And I have a lot of compassion and empathy for those that, you know, I, I, I even hear people like my kids when they had to take a public speaking class in college and they're like, Oh, I'm so nervous. And you know, you have to walk with empathy and compassion because in my mind, I'm like, like you, I'm like, wait, wait a second. That should be really awesome. And they're like, but they've never done it. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's not something most people do, you know? So, which also leads to, I really dislike icebreakers when you're at a meeting or something and people put others on the spot because I, even though I feel comfortable, I think it's totally unfair. And so anyway, that's a conversation for another day, but we do have that commonality. Very, very cool. So I want to get to the big I want to get to the big question. And the big this is question why we is, don't get anything done because we just enjoy talking in the conversations. Right. That's us. That's us. I feel like our listeners are used to that. I, this is kind of how every episode goes. So, so it's totally okay. Awesome. <laughs> um, on your website, uh, kylacofer.com, just like it sounds, uh, you have a statement. And, and this is where I want my big question to come from. Your statement is balance. Uh, in leadership, this is one of kind of the, the, your talks, actually, speaking of talking. Um, balance in leadership, create sustainable habits so you don't burn out. And here's the big question to jumpstart this whole kind of thought. What, what, is, what is, you hear the word sustainable often. You don't really hear the word sustainable used very often when it comes to habits or practice. So what is a, and I'm talking most people in everyday language, what is a sustainable habit that will help someone move away, not just a, not just remove burnout, but move away? So really what we're alluding to, create sustainable habits that create a healthy lifestyle mm-hmm. is really what the underlying line is there. And so, you know, in a, in a day and age filled with so much noise, um, in a time in life coming out of the pandemic, um, that, that was kind of a, a real earth moving season for most of us. In a time that, you know, Elon Musk just put out an announcement that Tesla workers must go back to the office. And he totally, you know, in my opinion, kind of insulted the idea of remote work. So, so now we're dealing with a day and age that people are like, we've shown you our desire boss and leader, yet you're again forcing us to do what we've told you for over 50 years. And that is, we can be economical, we can be efficient, and you're wasting our time. That's really what we're doing. And I know you're talking about leaders, but but how does just the everyday person go, okay, I need to create a sustainable habit to create a sustainable, healthy lifestyle? What? Let's just start with one. What is something someone can do? Yeah. So when I do talk to leaders, but it is, it's, it is everybody and anybody, um, this is just general in life. Um, and gosh, uh, in my talk, I'm, I've got like a whole list of ideas that are coming to mind, but the number one thing I can think of is boundaries. 
-hmm. is having boundaries because when we're talking about sustainable and the reason I talk about this is because we, we want to have longevity. We want to have a good life and um, be able to do the things that we want to do. And so when we're, as we're trying to build our legacy and, and, and build whatever it is in our life, you want to be able to continue for a really, really long time. And so any, any habits that you're creating are either contributing to that or taking away from that. And, um, boundaries are going to be the number one thing that are going to help in either in both of those ways. So you can have boundaries with other people and you can have boundaries with yourself, um, which mm. sounds interesting to have mm. boundaries with yourself, but you have a boundary with yourself. Every time you say, Oh, only one, only one beer. That's a boundary. Right. Um, right. only, only one ice cream cone instead of seven, that's a boundary, you know? So learning to set, um, say yes and no to the appropriate things, um, saying no to toxic relationships, saying, um, no to, um, seven more hours of TV or binge watching and saying yes to the gym, um, whatever, whatever that might be. And we can break this down into every topic of life. And that's what I do when I'm coaching someone is we have like, we call it a life wheel and it breaks down the areas of your life in seven or eight. I can never remember different areas, um, job finances. And and you're looking at all of those and seeing where you are in each category and where you want to set some goals and work towards something else. Um, but all of them require boundaries, connecting with other people, um, connecting with yourself that all requires boundaries. So boundaries, I love, and there's a definition of boundaries by Xavier Dagba. He is on Instagram. So I encourage you to follow him. Um, And he just has this amazing definition of boundaries that says that boundaries are not telling somebody who they need to be in your presence. Um, It's not telling someone how they need to act. What it is, it's what you do to restore your own inner peace when Mm -hmm. somebody shows up in a way that doesn't honor your integrity. Mm -hmm. So it's, controlling your own self and your own actions. And when you do that, you're, when you've mastered that, anything is sustainable in your life, you know, because you're going to have boundaries in any situation that you enter, you're going to be able to manage it, to accept it, to, um, push through it and overcome it, to handle conflicts, to, um, your health, to your mental, mental health, physical health, all around well-being. Um, it kind of all comes to that. So, um, I, I love talking about boundaries, but, um, the other topics I, that come to mind are, um, ones I just mentioned connection, connecting with people, mm-hmm. um, without connections, you'll never have well being. So, uh, connections are, are crucial. And when I say connections, I'm meaning external and internal connections. So the connection, right. like you and I have right. in, in talking when the connection I have with myself, when I'm meditating or thinking or praying or whatever it is that I'm doing in that moment to really reconnect with my hobbies, whatever that is, right. that, the love and the joy and the soul of who I am. Um, that type of connection is really important. I love that. I love that. So in, in that statement, create sustainable habits so you don't burn out. I, I think a lot of people would immediately go to the word habits but I still want to go back to that word sustainable. What, okay. what we often approach life from a perspective of assumption. So in other words, um, I'm going to create a new habit of, let's just use your example of changing my diet and going to the gym. And the reason I bring up the word sustainability is because again, the studies show us, the research shows us in all areas of life, you know, it's just like I, when you talk to gym owners, it's like, yeah, January and February, our memberships go up two, three, four hundred percent. By the beginning of April, they've dropped two, three, four hundred percent. I mean, they lose all of the growth that they had. 
And that's because I think people focus on the habit and not the sustainable behavior. Yeah. So differentiate for us, just again, we'll get to leadership in a minute, but, but leaders are people, people are leaders. We're all human. What does that look like at its basic human essence to go, okay, yes, it's about the habit, but, but really the power lies within the sustainability of this growth development shift change. Um, speak to that a little bit, speak, speak to someone who's kind of going, I know I need new habits, but I've never been successful with them in the past. And so we're introducing this word sustainability to them. Speak to that a little bit. So if you want to, we're using the gym example, just because that's, it's just really common and it's easy to understand. Um, if you want to go be someone who's completely ripped, um, all the muscles in your body toned 2% body fat, whatever, if that's what your goal is, is this realistic and attainable with who you are mm-hmm. with your, your physical abilities, limitations mm-hmm. with your diet, with your job, with your responsibilities. Um, you're going to think through all of those things. Is that a really healthy, appropriate goal for me? is that wise for, for me in my past? You know, if I'm, if I have an eating disorder, is that going to be smart for me to, to do that to my body? You know, thinking about who you are and all of those things. So we're going to think about the thing that we really want. And if that here, we're talking about burnout and, and creating healthy habits in our life, whatever, whatever those are really take a look at who you are and what is actually realistic for you is it really realistic for you to go to the gym two hours a day? For me, it's not. I'm a parent. I'm at home. I work at home. I run a business and I have tons of things going on. It is not realistic for me to go to the gym two hours a day. So, and honestly, that's not a particular goal of mine to be completely honest, but you know, it it might be somebody else. So, um, what, what habits? Okay. So we first look at the goal itself. Um, and, and really flush that out. What is my exact goal? And then as you're looking at that goal, step it back. Okay. How am I actually going to do that in a way that allows me to not give up towards it? So you're going to surround yourself with people. That's we, I talked about connection earlier. It, connection is always matters when you have, um, a partner to do something with, you are way more likely to succeed because you're enjoying doing that with somebody else. So surround yourself with the people in that area. You're going to look at your schedule. What does this actually look like? When can I actually go do this thing that I want to do? And if you're, if you're, if it's to rest and to not burn yourself out, okay, then you're going to have to be looking at when do I have time to rest? When am I spending time on social media? When in fact, I could be sitting at the lake, reading a book, if that's what Mm. draws you, you know, what, what are the things that going to create that balance in your life and what's it going to take for you to get there? And is that something that you can commit to for a long time? If you're going to commit to it for a really long time, how long is long? Two weeks. Mm. Is that a long time for you? Two years. Is that a long time for you? So what does it look like for you? And only you can answer that question. The best coaches in the world cannot answer that question for you because it's you and your life. So what does it look like for you 
to do this thing and to show up and commit to it for two years. I ran a half marathon. If you, I've ran several half marathons and, um, it doesn't work when I say I'm going to go run a half marathon and then, uh, just have that in my mind. Like I have to sign up for the, I have to pick the race and sign up for it, get my ticket, um, have my accommodations ready. And then I have to have my plan. I've got to go somebody to have it with me and then make sure someone's watching my kids. And there's a lot of steps in the way, but once those steps are taken care of, then I'm running literally. And I'm in the process. And then before you know it, all this time is gone. And here you are holding the medal from crossing the finish line. And that same process goes for any type of habit that we want to create, involve other people, know your goal and break it down. What is break down into pieces? What does this really look like for me to show up over and over and over again? And when I get stuck, because you will get stuck, Mm. what systems am I going to put in place to help me get through that point? So where does someone start? It, it, so this is a, we're, we're going to release this in, you know, late June. So we're definitely not talking about this in January, which I think is actually great because, because it's something that, you know, it may not be, it, for some reason, the end of the year, beginning of the years when people kind of put this top of mind, but I personally think it should be top of mind all the time so that we're self-aware, mm-hmm. but where does someone really start? If, if, if someone's listening to this and kind of going, you know, yeah, I've been, I've been thinking about creating some new habits. I've been wanting to change my diet. I've been wanting to get in better shape. I've been wanting to, um, you know, I, I think back to the whole uh, Peloton company issue where they skyrocketed during the, I was talking to someone uh, in the jump rope industry and they were like, yeah, jump ropes were killing it during the pandemic. And now the market has just crashed off. And that goes back to our word, sustainability, right? It's like people made these changes because they were bored, not necessarily because they had a desire to make the change. And so where does someone start from that desire to go, okay, I need a baby step to really start implementing? Well, I think you just hit it, that desire that like, what is your why? What, you know, that's a big, that's a big thing that people ask now is what is your why? But what we mean by that is let's go some layers deep why do you want to develop this habit? And let's change topic. Let's think of another habit. Maybe, um, of let's do rest because we have trouble with that these days. So, um, I want to create space in my life for more rest. And I want to do that as, um, create that as part of my rhythm of my life. Okay. So if we're, if, if this is your goal, tell me why you want that. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually should make you pick one and then I should coach you through it, but <laughs> tell me, why do you want to create? Yeah, let's do it. No, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's, yeah. I like your idea of rest, but let's, um, let me think what's a new, what's a new habit I would like to create. Um, let's just choose something out there. Let's say I want to, let's say I want to meditate, uh, more often. Let's start there. Okay. So my first question to you would be like, what about meditation makes you want to do it more often? Um, number one, I like the way it makes me feel. It makes me feel, uh, kind of, um, calm. It makes me feel the word, you know, a lot of people use is centered. It makes me feel, um, I definitely can feel less stress when I'm in a normal routine of meditating. Uh, and I just, secondly, just enjoy it. Yeah. So you makes you feel more calm less stress and you enjoy it. Did I miss one? Okay. So I would go, let's go another layer. Um, why do you want to feel more calm, less stress or to have 
that meditation in your life to enjoy it. What, let's start with the calm. Why do you want to feel more calm and less stress? Um, I would say it ties back to when, when I'm na- I'm kind of naturally a calm person. So if I'm feeling stress, I feel like I'm a little bit outside myself. And when I'm feeling calm and kind of in that preparation of, you know, life is going to be okay in the long run. Meditation kind of brings me back to that. So why is it important to you to, to be back in that calm space of yours? That makes you it's feel just more a great, it's, just a, it's a great place to be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the best answer I've got. It's like, yeah, when you're, when you're in that place of, um, you know, not, not allowing stress or worry to be the overcomer, but really being fully present and having that calmness, no matter the circumstance, um, it's just a, it's, it's just a healthier place to be in every area. Okay. So if you want to do this right, we can do like four to six layers of why, and then you keep asking why. So why that was, we've done three. So tell me this, why do you feel like that's a really good place to be? I feel like it allows me to be fully present moment to moment rather than living either in the past or the dreams of the future. Um, it allows me to, to anchor myself in today rather than building what I think is going to take place tomorrow. So why is that important to you then to feel, to feel so present in today? What, what about that is important to you? I, I think it's important. Well, it's, it's important from the, from the aspect of other people to give my best in each moment, but it's important to me to give my best to myself in each moment. And I'm a dreamer by nature. So I'm often living in the future rather than just really living in today. And some, sometimes that does become a little bit of an unfair formula because I get to the end of the day and go, man, I didn't, I didn't live as presently today as I could have. Wow. Okay. So, um, we just went through a lot of layers there and we could stop there. We can keep going if you feel like you have more, but uh, it kind of sounds like that's kind of at the end of that line there, but let's take it back to the meditation now. So your meditation, your why for that is really is about being who you are and showing up in the moment today, like that, that matters to you. So when you're thinking really on that, what does it mean now to meditate every day to you? Mm. Really to the word honor comes to mind to set aside time to invest in myself and to honor myself. Um, I'm a giver by nature. And sometimes, you, you know, you give, you, you spend your days giving to everyone else, but investing in yourself and, and you can only pour out as much as you've poured in. And so that word honor comes to mind when you ask that question that really, when I focus on spending a few minutes, whatever that looks like to meditate, it really allows me to receive from the universe and to pour into myself so that yeah. I can be better prepared to, to give to others. Yeah. Wow. That's beautiful. And, uh, and it sounds like that's also one of your values, your personal values is that honor. And and so to have that, um, and to think about that in terms of your meditation, um, now you just have to think about, okay, now is if I don't meditate and if I don't spend this time meditate, am I willing to do that? Um, at this point, are you willing to not, to not do it and to not have the answers to those whys? Ooh, that's a powerful question. 
So I want to pause. I want to pause our role play for a second because I yeah. want people to hear what you just said. What are you willing to not to give up? And really what you're doing is you're repackaging the question of, you know, a lot of times people would ask, well, what am I willing to sacrifice or give up for this new habit? Mm-hmm. But to phrase it and frame it as, well, what are you willing to not give up? That, that's like a really, that, it's a play on words at the end of the day, but it's a really powerful play on words. What, what makes you frame it from that perspective? And then I will answer the question, by the way. <laughs> oh, I, I don't, I don't even know what made it frame me from that perspective. Cause you know, well, I guess I do because whenever we say yes to something, we say no to something else and that's mm-hmm. part of boundaries. So if I'm saying yes to all of the to-do lists, all of the people who ask something of me, right, um, right. I'm saying yes to all these other things in my life. I'm saying no to the meditation, right? So if you're saying no to the meditation, it's not the meditation that you're saying no to it's that sixth layer of the why you're saying no to that presence. And, um, that, that soul knowing of yourself and being in that stable place that the meditation gives to you. So in, by saying yes to all those other things, you're, you're saying no to yourself. Um, so when you say yes to the meditation, you might say no to something else, but, but you've got to, you got to think through all those different pieces and layers. Um, and, and that helps you really get to the, this matters to me for a reason. And I was created for this to matter for a reason. And by avoiding it, I'm also avoiding the soul of what I was meant to be. Mm, That's powerful. It, is someone is someone better off when looking at this? You're really painting kind of a foundational vision here for them to hang on to. It, does it provide value for someone to go, okay, here's my foundation foundational layer for, you know, let's take our example for meditation. This is why it's so important. Is it an advantage to go, okay, if I follow this path, here's what I could be in six months to really it's cast the, yeah. that larger vision? Yeah. If that helps you, then absolutely. Cause that's can be that end goal, right? So you're, you, it's you, now you have two goals. Your first mm-hmm. goal is to meditate every day. Your second goal is in six months, that meditation is going to do this for me. And so you can get there by practicing that. This is a really rudimentary example, but I remember one time, um, I have a, I had sprained my ankle and I've actually re-sprained it and it, it caused me a ton of pain. And someone I had said something to somebody about, well, I still can't believe this I said, well, <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I, I sprained it and it's, it's, I have pain with it every once in a while, you know, and I haven't been running because of my sprained ankle and it would take me like eight weeks of doing this, these exercises every day for me to really get strength in my ankle. And I just haven't, and then I went, wait a second, am I going to really about to make an excuse for not spending only eight weeks on doing something that can make such a difference in my life? And just saying it out loud, I had this moment of, oh, wow, I I cannot (laughs) believe that. And so I think the next day I went straight ahead and I started doing my exercises and I, and I did them all. And man, I can tell you right now, I have not had any pain with my ankle in a really long time. And so, um, it's just funny how we, we, we create these excuses in these moments in our life of avoiding something when really it, it can be pretty simple. So, you know, what would meditating for six months do for you? What, how might it change your life? Dream about it. Go for it. Mm. Yeah, that's power. That, and that would lend to what um, what our friend uh, Steve Gamble talked about on our show, and that Steve is a master visionary board person. 
And so he teaches people, you know, from the from the vision board of how to really, and it's and you know, and, and Steve often talks about it's not it's not just about the manifestation; it's about the alignment of what you're putting into your vision. And that's really, in different words, what you're saying mm-hmm. is if we're going to create the sustainable habit for this sustainable lifestyle, it has to be in alignment with your core values and what you truly desire. And I I would even throw on the table that that could potentially be the reason most habits don't become routine. They don't become normal practice is because I think oftentimes we don't really ask the question, does this new desire I have in quotations for people that are listening on audio, does it really align with who I am, my DNA and your words, what I was created for? And that's really a powerful question to ask because oftentimes, you know, just like going to the gym, well, we've seen on TV or we've seen on social media, you know, how many times, I mean, companies have made billions of dollars on TV commercials, selling all the coolest gadgets mm-hmm. because everyone gets sees it and they buy it. And then six months later, they're gathering dust. And, you know, so really it's the question of how does this align with my value system is what you're saying. Absolutely. You know, nobody wants to just lose weight. It's never, never <laughs> right. weight. Like if you're going to go just to lose weight, you're not going to succeed. I'm sorry to disappoint you, but it's about what, what is it that's actually driving that it's, you know, back to what is my, why, what, what is driving you to have this desire? And, you know, whatever we desire, it could not exist if it wasn't already possible. Mm. So if you Mm. have this desire to be a monk, Mm. at that desire is already possible and can already happen. And it already is created for you, but you have to be open and willing to see that. And it would not, that desire in you could not exist if it wasn't possible. Um, if you have this desire to be healthy and live to age 120, I would applaud you because that would be amazing. Um, but if you have, I won't won't tell you what my goal is, you're pretty close, but I was, (laughs) you know, I, but if you have that desire in you to really have this long life, that is 100% possible. And, and that desire in you would not exist if it wasn't possible for you to have that. But you also then have to think, okay, so what's it going to take for me to do that? Um, it, can I get to 120 by supersizing my fast food restaurant meals three day, three times a day, every day of the week? I'm sorry, probably not going to happen. So you have to think, okay, what, that's when our habits come in. What habits do I need to sustain this desire that I have in me? And then it's not about the habit. It's not about the doing because when, especially when I talk about burnout, people are already exhausted and in survival mode. You don't want to add one more thing to your to-do list that you can't even manage already. It's, It's realizing that it's not about the habit itself. It's about those desires that you have in you and, and going to places that you never even believed was possible, which you've already proven to yourself that you can do that. Think about when you were four or five, six years old, did you have any idea that it would be possible for you to be doing the things that you are doing right now? None. Like we couldn't imagine these great things that we would have accomplished in our lives at this point. Um, it never would have occurred to me that I would have traveled the world, spoken two languages, have a podcast. Like I just, that idea would blow my mind. I would have laughed at you and been like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so the, the, imagine the things that are still possible for you in your life and, and the places that you can go and the things that you can accomplish. And if it takes one small little habit to help you get there, 
that changes everything. It's because it's not about the habit. And we have a lot of habits in our life that we don't realize we do already. You brush your teeth every day. I'm sure. Right. You get out of bed, you make your bed, you eat, you, you have habits in your life and some habits might not be serving you any longer. So you have to also look at those. What are these habits in my mind? I have a habit that doesn't serve me well, that I'm going to continue to work on my entire life to get rid of. And that is my habit of, um, saying bad things about myself to myself. So I think in my head of, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. Nobody wants to hear from me. I'm going to fail. And and those messages play in my head. And I've learned at this point, finally, that after like an hour of hearing this go, wait, wait, wait a second. None of these things are true. Uh, Nobody has said this about me, only me. And then you've got this whole other level of coaching that we can, we're not going to get into of why those habits and things. Another episode. Yeah, but that, those are my habits that don't serve me well. So it's learning. Okay. How can I replace that with a new habit? So for me, it's my new habit of going, well, what's actually true. Those things aren't true for me. It is true that I'm enough, that I am worthy, that I can do things because I've done them. I've proven to myself that I can. So thinking through both sides of both sides of that. Yeah, that's powerful. I want to, before we start wrapping up, I do want to come back to, um, you do a lot of leadership coaching and, and you do a lot of kind of, I mean, the, the statement we started with was really directed at leaders about, you know, sustainable habits to kind of avoid burnout, but how can, how can a leader, I'm, I'm glad we took the conversation where it did because it begins internally, personally, before you can ever uh, uh, empower others with the same idealism. And it's a constant work in progress. And that's the other thing I want people to hear. This process never ends because even never. if, even if you, you know, a couple of years ago, I made the, the decision to become the healthiest I've ever been. And we all know as we get older, that becomes a little bit more challenging than it was 25, 30 years ago, but it could still be very possible, but it took specific commitments, habits, rituals, um, you know, strategies, accountability, it takes all of that. But I'm really in the good habit and routine of setting out what I want to do. And I'm well on my way to getting to where I wanted to go. But then there comes another idea for a habit, there comes another idea. And so that process never really ends. But let's switch over to leadership. How, how can a leader um, step into the workplace per se and really begin to empower the conversation with their team and give them the gift of this same idea and philosophy that, that we've given to our listeners today. And, and, and I actually think, I do think this belongs in the workplace. And I think far too many leaders miss the opportunity. People spend more time at work than they do in their personal lives or with their families. And so we really need to start shifting that conversation and giving power to the workplace to say, no, we are, we are going to be a nurturing ground for healthy humans. And companies that have done that have seen incredible growth in so many areas. But, but what does that look like? How, how can a leader who's listening to the show go, okay, that all sounds great. I'm going to apply it to my life, but I've never done it at work. I've never done that with my employees. That's a little awkward and uncomfortable what are maybe some first steps they can take if they're just igniting that conversation? Yeah. Well, the first thing would be to do it in their personal lives, <laughs> to be the person who right. shows up, to lead right. by example, be the one who does yeah. it and see the importance for yourself. And then, um, if you're a leader with, you know, strong morals and integrity, you want to lead people well, you're going to 
care about the well-being of other people. And so um creating space for that. And if it's awkward and uncomfortable, so embrace that, allow it to be awkward. You know, I would rather have a few moments of awkward and I don't know how to approach this topic with you than, um, to not approach something like that. And it's, I mean, you know, my husband has taught me this. He's so good at this. He, um, we might get an argument and I just don't want to deal with it. And he'll be the one to come back and he will push through that awkward moment, that uncomfortable and go, let's talk about this. Let's get through this. And, and I'm going, okay, but we get <laughs> through it. And then I'm at the end of the day, I'm going, yeah, you're right. And okay. So yeah. awkwardness is okay. Um, but what's not okay is to have information and withhold it, <laughs> you know, mm. that to know mm. something that might really benefit people and to withhold that. Now, does that mean going to pe- someone who might be this, the worst possible thing I could think of if someone maybe his obese in your office and then going to them and saying, you're not healthy. You know, you don't do that. Please don't do that because you never know what someone's going through and what someone's, what health means to that particular person. You, you don't know that for anybody, but as a leader, you can provide resources. You can set aside um, your budget to care for your employees. And if you don't have the budget for it, then you're going to need to readjust some things because the people that you work, that work for you matter. And, and if you are not investing in them, they're not going to invest back in you. I mean, we've proven Mm -hmm. that and you just said it a second ago. So, um, you can bring in coaches, you can have workshops, webinars, you can offer bonuses and benefits for people to go to therapy. You can pay for, if you are a nonprofit that deals with highly sensitive subjects or any company that deals with maybe some trauma, um, offer a therapy. And let me say that every company you've got an employee who has dealt with some trauma somewhere. Um, so offer an EAP plan where it can be, um, it could be confidential, but, um, open the conversations up and, and allow to be a place where you can, where you can do that. Does that mean you have to be best friends with the people that you're leading? No, but you are leading them. So say, what would it take for you? Ask what, what do you need in your Mm -hmm. life to feel like you are in a place of well being? It's okay to ask that. What do you need? And how can I, as your boss support you? Does that mean you need an extra long lunch break to go for a walk, to clear your mind and reset? All right. It's yours. You know, what do you need and how can I show up in a way that supports that? Because I am grateful for what you're doing here for us. Wow. I love that. Um, I love that question. What do you need? Because it is, it's a question that's so simple, but not asked near enough, especially in the marketplace. It's like people, people aren't asking that question by and large. And that's such a powerful, and then listen, actually listen to the response and then do something about it. Like, don't just let it be the, uh, you know, the, the forms that they fill out after they've been fired or quit or retired, like, like actually listen to it. I love that. Don't assume that you can't handle it. Like whatever it is, because And even if this person needs like therapy seven days a week, you might not be able to pay for that, but you might be able to like give them something like there's always negotiation, your business, your leader, you can negotiate, find a way to negotiate so that you can offer support. You're smart. You're smart people. You're smart. They're smart. So get together and figure it out. Uh, Kyla, this has been great. It, it took a, a direction that I wasn't expecting. I'm sure you weren't either, but I'm telling you, this was so applicable. And I love doing shows and interviews that give that people can people can turn off this episode and immediately put into practice something. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think. You know, that's what I love about bringing guests like you on is when we can give people palatable, tangible, practicable 
uh, information and advice. That's the way we can provide value. And so thank you for sharing. So incredible. Um, let people know where they can let people know where they can reach out to you, contact you, follow you, whatever you want to, however you want to make that uh, look like. Yeah. Well, the best way is just on my website, kylacofer.com. And, um, I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm on all the socials, so you can reach out to me. You can email me, uh, um, and I think you can schedule a call with me right there from my website. You can download a free ebook, listen to my podcast. I mean, there's all sorts of ways. So, um, find the one that works best for you. And that makes sense. But I love, I mean, this is the best part of my day is supporting other people, coaching people and running alongside it. Um, because I've struggled and I've been through a lot and I also have the education and the expertise and the the experience. And I just want to share it as much as I can. So if I can assist in any way, I'm here for it. I love it. Thanks, Kyla. This has been great. Um, Hang on a second. We'll finish off offline. So brothers and sisters, thank you for listening to the Mitch Grace show. Again, be sure you subscribe uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts and go subscribe to Kyla's podcast, Leadership School. It is a great show, great guest. Information just like you got today all over the place. Um, And I follow her on LinkedIn. And again, there's some incredible um, content that she's putting out there. So make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Mitch Gray Media. Follow us on social media and go buy my new book. Well, it's, it's been out for, it's been out a year. Can you believe that? It's been a year how to hire and keep great people and uh, some new stuff coming for you soon as well. So stay on the lookout. Thanks for listening. And we will talk to you soon.